Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So that's another $3,200 a month that you get. So that's a big incentive. Um, And that's usually the incentive that uh, a lot of guys get contract marriages. I think the difference is, is, so it's not like they, that would have always been a thing. That's always been a thing. I think what the difference is, is our society doesn't look at marriage the same way. So now people are like, oh, I'll just get married. And in a couple of years. To get the bag. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get the bag. And then once I'm out of the military, we can get a divorce and it's no skin off my back. We don't, we're looking at marriage as the contract. And that's why we call it like the, the a contract marriage. Cause it's your contract in the military and oh. then you're getting married. <laughs> so we call it yeah. a contract marriage in the military. We're like, Oh, they, they're in a contract marriage. Like they married their best friend and one of their best friends in high school. Um, what is up everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health. Today with me, I have the gentleman from Biting the Bullet. I know one of them's Lacoud, apparently. I don't know about uh, yeah, Luke, what type of <laughs> uh, We just recently started doing Five Till Midnight, and I was always aware of these guys. I've listened to a couple of their podcasts and also heard um, our mutual friend Patrick McFarlane airing some of uh, the episodes that you guys did together on his podcast and thought they were really cool. So um, I figured this was probably a long overdue thing. So uh, <laughs> how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm still laughing at Lacoud right now, dude. You like, just noticed that? Yeah, I was, was like, wait, what? I put, I put her on last time we did five to midnight, but I forgot to change. Oh, uh, didn't even notice. <laughs> didn't even nah, notice. Dude, it looks good there. Uh, so uh, you guys had kind of, I don't want to say centered your podcast around your military service, but kind of came at the perspective of like, hey, we're libertarians who were in the military. So, um, I see some people that I want to say almost make their entire personality around that, but I feel like you guys have found like a very happy balance with that. Yeah. Uh, originally it was what, so when we originally decided to do our podcast, it was like, we wanted to make it a, like, like we were in the smoke pit. Cause we'd always go into the smoke pit and, uh, and bullshit, you know, you know, while we're sitting there with our boys getting drunk, smoking cigarettes, doing whatever, hoodlum shit in the military. So, and it was always like funny conversations and it was like always political and things like that. 
And so we wanted to make it like that, but kind of geared toward where we were going politically, which was more the anarchist route, which is kind of where we're at now. Um, but we didn't want to be a vet bro because Typho and I weren't even vet bros while we were in the military. We were just kind of like, we kind of hate the military. Like this fucking sucks. And I don't believe in any of it anymore. And that's kind of how it was for me. And so I think we have played the happy medium and we've, we've kind of geared ourselves towards like the anti-military veteran bro podcasts, I guess, because I mean, one of our, one of my favorite things is when we get young, you know, young men that hit us up on Instagram or something like that. And they're like, I was thinking about joining the military. And then I started listening to your podcast because I'm kind of in this space. And now I decided not to. And we're like, yes, fuck. Yeah. Like that's, I love, that's the best compliment for the show that I, I could get or, or the suicide ones. But those are, those are a lot less few and far between where they're like, I was going to commit suicide, but now I feel like I got a group that I can hang out with and talk to. And I listen to your guys' show. Those ones are cool. Um, but the, the young <laughs> military aged male ones that are like, yeah, I just, I was going to join the Marine Corps. And then I decided not to, I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Thank you. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I see it. What about you typo? Yeah, the same, uh, the same thing. A lot of times on the other side, not so much like people that don't join the military, but we'll get guys that basically felt the same way about the military when they're in, they get out and somehow through whatever Instagram memes mm -hmm. or Twitter or whatever, they end up finding our podcast and they're like, dude, that's exactly how it was when I was in, like you guys are explaining it and how I felt. And that's always like really reassuring because in, you know, like, like how, how like the world treats uh, or the United States treats veterans is like, they always put them on like the same like stage, like all veterans are the same yeah. when reality is like most veterans are just regular people they're not like these heroes that everyone claims them out to be they're just regular dudes doing a job they just have a, a you know a military uniform with it and so they're not like these like guys that went and did like these crazy war fighting or anything like that like 90 percent of the military is just regular people and i think like in a way we felt like felt that niche for those guys because they you know they they get they get like all this praise or whatever for being like a hero, yeah. but then like really just sucks being in the military and there's not like a lot of, I don't know. And they, and a lot of people miss that. Cause the one thing me and Luke always talk about this, the one thing we do miss was the people when we were in, like the people were great. Like you, I don't know. It's just weird misfit kids that you all come together. <laughs> you're all like poor, come from weird backgrounds doesn't matter what like race or religion really like you're all, all over the country and even other countries funny enough and uh but i don't know it's just like it's kind of it's cool to have a place to talk to people like that and get people that like think like we do where they're like man the military sucks like they like they lied to us like that's not what we like what we thought we were fighting for is not actually what we were fighting for and finding guys that feel that way was really cool when we started the podcast gotcha gotcha yeah so one thing that i i've kind of noticed that's a pattern amongst most vets i know and it's probably because mostly i cluster around more like right wing and libertarian spheres is that uh a lot of guys will almost be hesitant to like say um like 
they want people to thank them for their service, right? Like a lot of people are like, I don't do that to me because like, I, I don't yeah. feel that way about it. Like a lot of people feel like they, like you guys do, like they kind of got fucked over. Do you think there's a large portion of people who go in the military and are like diehards? Like, yeah, I can't wait to go do this and, you know, murder people. And then even when they go through it, they still feel like they did the right thing. Or do you think more people kind of end up on the side of like, I think I got bullshitted into this. I think um, a I lot probably... of people, you go ahead, Typo. You take it first. I would say that um, a lot of people join with very open eyes and um, they kind of buy into the bullshit. Like even like right away, at least at least your first year or two, you kind of believe like you're in it for like for real. Like you think like what you're doing is to better your country. Like you kind of you really think you're you're gonna like go fight fight some terrorist or bad guy out there or help people like that's uh and so, sometimes that is true there is some truth in that but for a majority of people that's just not true at all and i think when people come toward the end of i don't think i don't I, even even the guys that like they're straight up war heroes like they killed like 10 terrorists save like a bunch of buddies save civilians mm -hmm. even those guys that i've met at least in my life are not like you know, when someone thinks me, they don't even want people to thank them for their service. Like, I don't think a lot of people enjoy that. It's kind of, it's just kind of weird. And I think, especially for guys that didn't do a whole lot, like deployments, because like most people don't even leave the United States, like never leave the United States their whole entire military career. They just stay on base, do training. Mm -hmm. And when, so when like you literally are just being like paid to pretend fight and chill on base and you know go out on weekends and get drunk with your friends then you don't really think like why are you thanking me for my service like you have no idea what your tax dollars go to like you, <laughs> you just have no clue yeah and so i think That's a lot of people at the end of it don't like that that type of mentality at least mm -hmm. my experience yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like uh, you know, it's like Typo said. I think I think the numbers are like eighty five percent of the United States military will never see, uh, or I think it's actually like ninety percent of the United States military will never see combat, mm -hmm. and then it's like eighty percent of that will never go outside the country, and which is crazy because we got all these military bases all around the world, right? And you right. think that it's just like per the percentage wise, like. There's going to be more people that are stationed inside the United States than are stationed outside the, the United States. And even less of those actually go and do any kind of deployments, whether it's, you know, Muse, which is like a Marine Expeditionary Unit or something like that. And then so you're not you're not doing a lot. Like Typo said, it's a job where you just have a military uniform on. And that's usually how a lot of us end up going like that's i got to do a lot of really cool shit just because i was work, working with eod so i got to travel even around um the pacific area but uh or like the pacific islands but even then i never saw combat i never did anything like that and then most of my military career was what typo said i got drunk with my friends i was locked down on a base for most of my career because i was in okinawa japan so I didn't do a whole lot. So it's like, don't thank me for my service because I really didn't do anything. And if you really jump into things, it's like, we shouldn't even be doing what we're doing in the first place. Like I did a lot of really stupid shit. <laughs> we, we always tell this story about, uh, there's this helo dunker, it's called the helo dunker and it's supposed to simulate uh, helicopter crashes. And it mm -hmm. just, it's like a 
base metal helicopter and uh, you sit in it and it crashes into a pool and then you're supposed to, you know, get out of it and do all this stuff. Well, Typo and I never did that training, not once, but me and Typo did the helo dunker a lot. We'd get up there at three o'clock in the morning, drunk as shit. We'd hop the fence and we'd go climb on top of this thing and jump off into the pool at three o'clock in the morning, drunk as shit. So like, that's what, that's what your tax dollars paid for. I got to live a little wild and get really drunk. I've fallen off that thing so many times and uh, you know, like, but that's, so then it's like, you know, veterans day is coming up. Perfect time to do this podcast. Veterans day is coming up this week. And uh, by the time you hear it, it's, already happened or it's on the 10th so you'll hear it the day before, be the marine corps birthday but yeah, yeah marine corps birthday oh yeah and, and so all the guys can't wait to go out and say like uh i had a i'm sorry to interrupt but like a buddy of mine in no, college um who's probably one of my best friends actually went to his house down in kentucky um i remember him saying that there were so many marines that would be like i don't celebrate my birthday i only celebrate the marine corps birthday <laughs> yeah yeah, they do. It's crazy. It's crazy. People will still celebrate it like, you know, 15 years removed from the military, 20 years removed from the military. And, you know, a lot of Typo and I talk about this, too, where a lot of the older generation, you know, like his dad or my parents generation, which is kind of like an in-between generation between his parents and like us, um, they had a different military experience. You know, they had a, it was it was a lot different than what type when I came up in, in the military, you know, we got, I joined in 2012 and was out in 2016 and typo was 2012 to 2017. So we had a lot different experience than a lot of those guys. And the 2000, even the 2001ers, the guys that were in when everything went down in, in uh, after September 11th, you know, they had a much different experience than we did. So some of them just, they just look at it differently and, there's different justifications for things that they did. But uh, even going back to like why people, if more people get out or uh, when they get out, if they feel a certain type of way about it, I think it's, uh, there's another crazy number where it's like 85% of the people only do their first contract. Like they do their first four years and then they get out of the military. And that's like, you know, if you had a workforce in your, <laughs> If you had a young workforce at your business yeah. and it was 18 to 20 year old, 22 year old males, and they only did one contract with your company and then 85% of them left, <laughs> you that would look company. very, yeah. yeah, you would, that would look very bad on your, your business model. You know what I mean? And so I think that's, I think that's very telling for how most of, most people feel about the military while they're in it. And then when they get out. Yeah. So one thing that I've, I think I heard you guys explain and you kind of just laid it out here is that kind of like the boomers and the Gen Xers had a very, very different experience from us. And the, the way that I could relate this personally for like my life and what I do would be like as a mechanic, um, the people who are, let's say, 20, maybe 40 years older than me, they got to kind of see cars when they were very simple. And then they got to see the technology mm. grow and grow and grow. And back then you had a lot more like a customer base and people more informed of their vehicles. They were able to work on their vehicles and they cared for their vehicles a little bit more. And they also got to see like the rise of the economy where they got the benefit from like a lot of the earlier on inflation and just kind of, I don't want to say like industrial revolution, but you know, technology was rapidly advancing. So they got to grow up with this and learn that where like for us pretty much, 
we kind of get like the tail end of this. And it sounds like you guys in the military had a similar deal where you're kind of like just busy doing bullshit because now there is, we have so many luxuries that like, we don't have to, you know, send people off to go kill people in another country nearly as much because we have drone technologies or like, you know, I don't do tune ups or tranny flushes nearly as much because all the parts are designed so much better and things are meant to be a lot better. So like our parents and our parents' parents generally got like almost like a greater, like they've seen a lot more lows and then higher highs because they got to kind of adapt to the technology as it came out. Whereas like, we're kind of like in this weird limbo where things are kind of like stagnating because of the economy. And because we're so much in debt, we're just trying to keep people busy and keep the bubble from popping. That's what it feels like. It feels like we're just trying to keep people busy. Like that's <laughs> what, like even my dude, even my job now, like I do a, it's a technical job. Yeah. Um, you know, I do, I do fire alarm and sprinkler ins, in, inspections for like commercial businesses. And, but I mean, it's a, it's kind of mundane. Like I have a little bit of, uh, you know, I got to figure things out on the job and figure out how to do certain things. But for the most part, it's, oh, this is doing what it's supposed to. Oh, this mm -hmm. is doing what it's supposed to. Here's your report at the end saying mm -hmm. that all these things do what they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what, and I mean, you get paid well doing it, um, and it's not as backbreaking as like actually doing repairs on like sprinkler systems or uh, you know refitting pipes or being a pipe fitter. Pipe fitters make a shit ton of money, but it's very demanding on your on your body. And so like it's and all the other jobs that I've done since I've been out of the military, same thing. And it's just like you just do a bunch of busy work, and they're justifying you. <laughs> being there as a human being because of the busy work that they can get you to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Type of, you're a welder. So I'm guessing you might have something similar, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because I feel like welding remains pretty consistent, but I, you know, you would probably have a better insight. Uh, I would say I'm, I'm still relatively new to welding. I've only, only been doing it for a little over a year now, but um, gotcha. at least for like right now, I just do production welding. So it's just making, uh, like, for example, all I make is, like, playground equipment. And, mm. like, so it's just mass-producing, like, benches or, you know, like, tables, grills. Like, like this one of the company the company I work for, like, pretty much all the public parks you see, you, we probably made something in that park. Like, it's that mm -hmm. big of a company. And um, so, yeah, it's pretty – it's a lot of the repetition, make the same thing over and over. Um, but – uh, what I see for like other job opportunities and other welders that I've talked to is it's a lot of like um, trying to maintain older equipment that mm -hmm. like, for example, there's barge. We, I live close to like a bunch of barge companies because I live really close to the Mississippi River. Sure. Um, and the bar they're not like making new barges. They're just mm -hmm. keeping these old ass barges that's been that's been on ship forever. So like they have these like basically they just hire instead of trying to invest in a new uh entire new barge they just hire more welders to maintain this barge and try to keep it make, like going you know and mm -hmm. it's just i mean i don't know if that'll ever come to like oh we can't we gotta get a new one eventually but mm -hmm. like that's what it seems like right now at least what i'm seeing is a lot of a lot of jobs for welders it's like it's just maintaining stuff trying to make stuff that's broken needs to be replaced and you find a way to keep it going and I don't, I don't know how that'll work, but to correlate that with like the military, like there was a big transition that happened after world war two. 
Because mm-hmm. before World War II, we didn't have like a standing military like the way we do now. Mm-hmm. Like back then, before World War II, it was like you raise an army and then you send them to fight. And then when the fighting's done, you disband most of that, like 90% of that army and have just a small crew to maintain like for border security, right? Well, yeah. after World War II, that's when we expanded. And I think this is where like things are very different from like our par- our grandparents, the ones that were in like World War Two, because like they went, they joined, and they were like fighting. Like you're fighting, fighting, you're gone, yeah. you're overseas, you're gone forever. But ever since after that, it's just like this. It's it, it transitioned the military into like a job jobs program almost, <laughs> where yeah. you're just like maintaining these bases and it's maintenance, supply, admin, like all these like different things that just keeps the system in place that's all it really does and i think that it's like a reflection of like they're not really developing or or creating better techniques or better technology in a lot of sense like they are for like so they don't have to like send people to die you know like they can just send drones like you said yeah but it's kind of the same thing where it's it's not like it's not like they're downsizing. They're just like re- massively replacing the people just so they can put them in these bases. Say we can have like all these five, all these troops here, but there's not, they're not really doing anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's really weird. It's really weird. Gotcha. Yeah. So one thing that I'm guessing you guys probably also learned or kind of like went through when you were in the military is like people always say something about like a man's right to passage or kind of like right into adulthood. Um, I feel like the military probably is that for some people. And it's kind of why, like, even when I was in my late teen years, I kind of wanted to join the military because I was always like a very, very disciplined person. Always got up at the same time every day. Always knew that like I had to go work out so that way I could be in my best health. And like the things that I wanted to do, I was going to do no matter what. Like there was no pulling me away from what I'm going to do. And I'm still that way to this day. Um, I feel like people like me, and I'm guessing you guys probably aren't much different, um, feel like they want to go into the military because they may be like very conscientious or very orderly. And they feel like this is like an environment where they would thrive. And um, does that resonate with you guys? Or do you think differently? Mm, that's a tough question. <laughs> Luke's grinning. So. <laughs> it's tough. Well, I would say it's just tough because so, okay. I would say that me and Luke, so me and Luke were the more orderly ones. And I wouldn't say we were as orderly as like, like as maybe we are now, but we were were young kids. So we were still like pretty disorganized. But I will say that when, and I think Luke can say the same thing. When I joined, dude, I thought like I was going to be the bottom of the barrel. Like I'm a weak bitch, basically. I thought Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to like, you know, I'm only 5'8". I'm a little dude, so I'm thinking like, God damn, dude, I gotta like really show people that I can be one of them, you know? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, because you see like the, you know, maybe I bought into the propaganda a little bit, but like I see like movies and like the pictures they promote, and it's just these tall Jack. <laughs> you see the, the like, you hear the God smack playing yeah, in the commercials. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like these are the warriors <laughs> of our society. So I'm thinking sure. like, dude, this is gonna be hard. I'm not gonna make it. Like I was really scared. I was honestly worried that I was not gonna make the cut. Yeah. And then you get to boot camp, dude, and that is not true at all. Like most mm. of these people are nerds. They're they're very they're not like um, healthy. They're people that um, they're actually joining the military. Be like I find that like maybe not all, but I would say uh, just roughly fifty percent of the people that joined were not very like they were like losers in high school. Like our standard, what a loser you would consider mm-hmm. someone in high school. And they joined to get a reputation for themselves. Gotcha. Too. Yeah, they wanted to kind of have yeah. that as they wanted that yes. as like a form of status. Like, look, I accomplished yes. this. 
Yes, that's, yes. that's exactly what it was. Because there was, I mean, if you played like any sport in high school, the physical training of boot camp is not that hard. It's, I mean, it pushes oh. you, don't get me wrong, okay, it sure. pushes you, but it's yes. not like you won't make it. Like, honestly, like, gotcha. I was like top, top physical condition compared to everyone else in my boot camp, but I played football in high school all four years. All right. So, like, it was weird. And then there would be guys that were like, seriously unfit like having trouble running like a mile and i was like mm -hmm. oh my god dude this is not what i thought it would be like at all like i thought these guys would be <laughs> monsters and <laughs> the whole the whole program is designed to take someone that is disorganized that is unathletic right. that is not orderly and then at the end of it make them uh to the level that they want yeah. them to be and kind of pound them into submission yeah and yes. so i would say it's probably half and half get them into like, a mold you get like the orderly guys that think that I, the military is for me, but you also get the guys that like they're just lost. They have no sense of direction, and they they join the military to find that direction. Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. And Luke, I'll give it back to you in one second. But like one thing that I've been trying to impress upon people is that like you're going to have a group of retards no matter what. Like there are some people that are just going to fuck everything up no matter what you do with them. And like you guys have talked about the manosphere recently, and you know I obviously do a podcast where we talk a lot about that kind of sphere. But like they, they always ask like, oh, well, what about these group of guys who just hate women? I'm like, those guys did not need anybody's permission to be fucking assholes. They didn't need yeah. the manosphere's permission. They were going to fuck everything up. No matter what you did with them so yeah. it sounds like maybe in the military at least from you guys experience maybe that 50 percent of people are those people that just were so fucked up that they wanted something to maybe get their asses in gear yeah uh yeah my experience or what i would say is i think 90 i think 95 percent of the people at least when we were joining that were trying to join the military they were joining to be a part of something i even for me like i think you know i I played sports all the way through high school. Yeah. Um, I love that the I've played sports since I, I played organized sports since I was like four years old. And I played at higher levels since I was 10, whether it was football or basketball. Like I played in like club teams that traveled and like it was a goal to win, get get people to see you so you could, you know, further your uh, sports career kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So like it was, you know, doing those things, you First, you get in really good shape because you have to be. And second, you learn how to push through things because you have to. You know what I mean? Okay. And so, and but while you do that, there's a lot of other guys that are on your team that are, you know, pushing through things with you. And it becomes like, an, yeah. yeah, it's high, you're, you're among a lot of hyper competitive individuals. And so when I was looking at joining the military, I was like, I'm not joining any other branch but the Marine Corps because I was like, they're the hardest branch. Like everybody tells you it's the hardest branch and they, they got to do the hardest things and they, they're the craziest. So I was like, that's where I'm going to go. And so I wanted to be a part of a brotherhood or something like that with a lot of hyper, you know, hyper, uh, competitive individuals and, yeah. uh, just one of those types of things. So that's why I joined. And then I learned the same thing that typo did that, I was in the top 5% of my unit that was at boot camp together. Like it was easy. Um, I had more leadership skills than 90% of the people there. Uh, you know, like the, I could speak in front of groups, you know, like things that you would expect of the individuals that would go and join the most elite fighting force that we've ever seen in the world is like how they're portrayed. Um, you know, 
it, they just didn't have those skills. And what they do is put you into a cookie, cookie cutter model and they pound the, the, the sides off the people that do have those skills that are higher than everybody else. And then they form the people that don't have those skills into this little mold. And what I learned in the military, especially early on was like, all right, I just got to downplay some of the things that I can do. Like I gotta, I gotta bullshit a little bit so I can fit into this mold. So I don't get, you know, pounded on because I got pounded on a lot in, cause I, I'm just a guy that questions shit. Like I yeah. always have, I have like, maybe it's like a psychological thing where I'm just like a question of authority always my entire yeah. life. Why am I doing this? Why is it like this? Like, it's just who I am. And so I had to learn in the military to like suppress that a little bit to get where I wanted to go. And I had a, I mean, I had a count in boot camp, like, all right, I have this many days left of boot camp, and I have this many days left in the entire Marine Corps. Cause I was like, I'm ready to get out. <laughs> like by the yeah. time I was like two months into boot camp. Oh, so, you know, it was just one of those things. Yeah, cause I just realized like, oh, it's not a place for, you know, hyper successful individuals. There's a lot of hyper successful individuals that come out of the military. There's a shit, especially out of the Marine Corps. You look at Fortune 500 companies, there is like a, a weird uh, disposition of, or not disposition, but there's a weird um, uh, display of like Marine Corps, former Marines that were, that are like at the CEOs of a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Like it's a very uh, skewed for how many people that are actually Marines. But sure. I was, I had this one guy and he, his name, uh, I guess his, his name was Wesley. Uh, he fucking followed me around the Marine Corps. He was a radio operator. So I met him in radio operating school and he was my roommate. He was this weird little Mormon kid from Utah, just like a, just a, like a, like a little troll. Like that's what he reminded me of, of like a troll. He couldn't run very well. He looked weird. He <laughs> smelled weird he wouldn't take shower he was a weird kid you know and this dude followed me around the marine corps my, I, he went to my first unit with me he went to my second unit with me he followed me into an individual it was just it just sucked i hated this kid because he was everything that i thought the military wouldn't be and he was <laughs> at the same level as i was he even got promoted before me because he was in just a little bit longer than me and i was just like it doesn't make sense i had to i almost got in trouble early on in my marine corps career because i we had a field op and uh in our uh, comm school and it was like two or three days it's like a small field op but you don't shower the whole time you know you're fucking you take like baby wipe showers and shit like that and so we did this field off and then we got back and everybody was like, all right, shower, shower, shower. This kid laid in his rack, like his bed, right afterwards, and then wasn't going to shower until the next morning. And so I locked him in the bathroom and I was like, no, you're going <laughs> to fucking shower because I don't want to. I slept above him and I was like, I don't want to smell you all night. Like, I don't yeah. like it's unhealthy and it's unhealthy for me for you to be this unhealthy. <laughs> So I locked him. I locked him in the bathroom, and I almost got in trouble for locking him in the bathroom because it was like hazing or something like that. And I was like, "This dude's not showering, bro." And then they kind of like let it go because they were like, "Yeah, he smells really bad." And so it was just a wild thing. But this, but this guy literally got the same military career as I did. I, I was, I was better than him on all accounts, whether it was intelligence or. Uh, you know, doing what I was supposed to. The only thing I did worse was I questioned a lot of shit. 
Um, but still, it's just like, like if those people can get in the military, that's what really disenfranchised me was like, if those people can succeed in the military, and those a lot of times are the people that stay in. He ended up getting out right when I got out too. But a lot of those people stay in because the only time they felt a part of something. And so they stay in. And mm -hmm. as long as you stay in, you'll get promoted. Like that's kind of how it is. If you can do the bare minimum and stay in. Didn't he say one time, like, why did he say yeah. he joined the Marine Corps? What he, was it? So he said he joined the Marine Corps so he would stop getting made fun of. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I didn't want, I didn't, I got made fun of a lot in, in high school and I didn't want to get made fun of anymore. So I joined the Marine Corps because I thought if I joined, I wouldn't get made fun of. So then he just got made fun of inside of the Marine Corps <laughs> like, all the time. Yeah. And he yeah. got locked in a fucking bathroom and made a shower. Yeah, I think uh, what you were laying out there kind of reminds you of one work lesson I learned pretty early on is that uh, sometimes you do have to just keep your head down. And it was kind of what my dad told me that really kind of sealed this for me. He said, you know, sometimes you just have to go in, you punch the clock, you don't go above and beyond and you just punch out and you call it a day. Like, cause sometimes yeah. if you give them an inch, they're going to expect a mile and then they're just yeah. going to keep wanting more and more. And sometimes you just, like you said, keep your head down, do what you're going to do. Don't go in above and beyond because that shit will get abused right the fuck away. Yeah. 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 It does in the civilian world too. Dude, the, that's one thing that, that was very frustrating about the military is the incentives are all thrown off. Because they don't want someone that, like, if you're a leader, and this makes sense from a leader's perspective, you don't want some asshole like, you know, I'm running the show, this is how things go, this is how we've always done it. And then you got some asshole like Luke being like, why are we doing it this way? What's going on? Like, this is retarded. <laughs> so it's very frustrating. And it's I can understand from that perspective. But when you're like one of the dudes actually doing the work, it's like the most infuriating thing. You're like, why are we doing it this way? Like, this makes no sense at all. Mm -hmm. And the best way I've heard it explained was actually a meme of all places. And it's like everyone is eating, like you have, you're in a room of like 500 people and you're eating like super cereal and everyone's using a fork. And you're <laughs> this one guy that's like, why don't we use a spoon? And then everyone starts yelling at you, like, why are you, why are you bringing that up? Like, you are, like, and they just start freaking out. Your leadership's, like, getting pissed that you're even bringing this up at all. Your, mm -hmm. your, your coworkers are mad at you because you brought it up. So now they get mass punished because you even brought that up. So then they just start getting mad at you for you, you, like, being logical. And it's the most infuriating, like, system there is. And mm -hmm. instead of it being, like, the people that know their job and can do the, the, um like whatever like they, you give them a task and they can just handle it and take care of it it's all about who follows orders the best if you don't give your leadership any problems if you just follow orders and just get along go along and get along you're going to move up very quick in the military but if you yeah. try to step out of line a little bit point out hypocrisies or anything like that or try to run a better system without like the proper authority then it's going to be a hard time for you and i think that's at least for the people that are a little bit more intelligent in the marine corps mm -hmm. it's very uh or military in general it's very infuriating you just don't understand and, and, there's, and there's no way you can convey that like the yeah. like what we would say all the time is like this is just retarded like we're all like you know we're in the marine corps so we're not like yeah. the best with words and reading and so <laughs> we just all we know what this is like, it makes no sense this is retarded and that's all we know how to convey at the time and we don't know how yeah. to fix it and everyone just wants to get out
All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about the show's sponsor. We are now brought to you by Fox and Sons Coffee. As you can see right here, I got the Den Blend Dark. Really enjoy that. Um, I've been drinking a lot of their Brazil honey prep right here. As you can hear, there's not a lot of beans left in it because I've been drinking it quite a bit. Um, just to tell you a little bit about Fox and Sons, why I support them and why you should too, is that uh, Stephen had started the company up in Michigan to help teach his son about entrepreneurship. Um, I'm all about that. And I do firmly believe that in order to spread liberty in our lifetimes, we have to support those who support similar values as us. And Stephen does support all the same libertarian values that I bring and talk about on the show a lot. So go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get 15% off of orders, $25 or more. And there's always free shipping whenever you place an order that is more than $37.99. Um, find their coffee absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure you will too. So uh, one more time, go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get yourself a little discount, let them know I sent you, and support the coffee that supports you. All right, guys, thanks. Back to the show. Yeah. The, I think the best way I heard it was our third co-host when we originally started our show, Jared. He would say it's like uh, it's like working in the DMV your whole life. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, like that's what it feels like. You're like we're all just waiting for nothing. It's in a, you're in a bright, very sterilized room with a whole bunch of other people that don't understand what's going on because mm -hmm. none of it makes sense. They got six different types of numbers that they're called. And they're never in the right order. You got like C129 going and then A2 is next. And you're like, I'm fucking Z62. And you're like, I, don't, I haven't even seen Z pop up on the screen yet. And then you talk to the workers and they're like, actually, you have to go to that one. And you're like, then why did you call me? Like, that's how it feels constantly. Like, it's just a, mm -hmm. like, none of it makes sense. And it's, it feels disordered. Like to us, it feels disordered because there's like a clear path between A and B. Right. And they make you take A, C, F to get to B and work. And even though you got to B eventually, what they really wanted you to do was get to D. And you were just like, what? But you didn't even tell me that in the first place. Right. Why? And they're like, why are you asking why? It's like the, the monkey, uh, that monkey experiment with the bananas where they, they beat the shit out of a all the monkeys. If one monkey would get the banana and as they, finally started slowly switching out the monkeys like the monkeys would beat the new monkey that got the banana and then no monkeys would ever go after the banana after they subbed all of them out and it's just like that right? because <laughs> then they get they get all the they get everybody else around you that's the same as you um they get them in trouble when you do something that's out of order of their order and uh then everybody pounds on you and you're just like you know this is retarded and they're like i know it's retarded but we're going to do it anyways and you know some once i got into a leadership position i got into a leadership position pretty early in my career for what my rank was and there was i had a staff nco like a, a lead supervisor or a lead manager of like my platoon he uh wasn't very bright and everybody knew he wasn't very bright he knew he wasn't very bright he would let <laughs> he would go to me for everything and uh so but he was cool about it but then when he did something wrong, he would blame it on everybody else. And I was just like, you're a fucking dumbass. So one time they lost a radio or something on some place that they were at. And we had to do this whole inspection to try and find this radio. And then I, it came, I, I came to find out that he had actually dropped it over the ship um, <laughs> while he was, while they were out. Cause he had it and he'd somehow dropped it overboard. So it's in the middle of the ocean. They knew that before they came. 
And I found out while we were doing this inspection and they were yelling at me like, where's this radio? Where's this radio? And I found out while I was doing that, that, it, that he had dropped it over the overboard. And I was like, okay, why am I doing this inspection? And they're like, you're going to do the inspection and find that radio. And I was like, this makes no, you just told me that he dropped it overboard and we don't have this radio anymore. So why would I do a whole gear layout? So I had to go to my, my Marines and there was like 15 of them, 20 of them, or there was probably like 15 at that time. And we were sitting there and I was like, it's 1130 at night on a Wednesday or something. We have to be back in at 5 a.m. the next day. We're cleaning gear. We're doing all it. And I'm like, we got to do this gear layout. And they're like, what the fuck? And I'm usually, I was one that kind of like got shit out of the way. Like I tried to take care of them as much as possible. And yeah. they're like, why? And I was like, because it's the fucking Marine Corps and we're retarded. So we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> and, and they're just like, okay. Like, but that's, that was the difference I think between my leadership style and then a lot of theirs is because most guys would go in there and be like, because I fucking told you so, and you're going right. to do it. And I was just like, because we're fucking dumb. So we're going to do it. And then we're going to go home. And if we do it fast and we go home quicker, but we're just going to have to deal with it. It's the worst. I fucking hated the military. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. Um, I occasionally get to be a uh, dispatcher for my shop now. And um, I think we talked about this a little bit on five till midnight, but like um, being the lead guy is always kind of weird because like I'm responsible to make sure that like everybody's moving along and everybody's got work and everybody's happy. So um, now I kind of get to see the repair orders before they get to hand to anybody else. And sometimes you see like this customer has like a 900 mile car and they're complaining about like a rattle or a smell or something like that. It's like, okay, it's a brand new fucking car. You know, this is a bullshit complaint. Just fucking look at it. You know, make them feel good. Type out some long ass story about how you documented everything. And you look for bulletins through GM and you tried to find something for them. But guess what? You couldn't find fucking anything and their car's perfectly fine. Customer to drive and advise. We now just, you know, wasted a half hour looking for a complaint mm -hmm. that the service advisor probably should have just said like, hey, I, th I think you're full shit. You're just pissed off because you got a fucking car payment. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, we see. Yeah. I see stuff like that at my job where, well, like I don't. I might be similar. I'm sure. I, I know it's like this for Luke, but you'll have like so people that are actually like on the the, the like floor, the production line. They're actually working. Then there's people that sit in their office. And the people in the, in the office get paid to, like, come up with, like, dumbass ideas that if they would just come over and ask the guys on the floor, they'd be like, no, oh. that would not work at all. Mm. That would just make no sense. And then they or, never ask you about that. And they never ask. And they start <laughs> implementing, like, a new method of doing something. And, like, already before they even set it up, like, all the guys are like, okay, well, like, this, 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 this. And, like, start listing off all the things, like, why we can't do this, why it's a safety mm. hazard, why, why it makes no sense for reduction. And we do it for like a week. Then they realize it was dumb. They scrap it. And we just don't bring it up ever again. It's like, why do we do this? Dude? It makes no sense. Yeah, I think it's like a byproduct of having like beam counters everywhere. And I'm guessing both of you guys probably deal with this in your jobs or like yeah. – um, and I've even seen this at like change since I started working as a tech 10 years ago. When I first got in, I had a service manager that was – a tech for a while and he was a service manager for like 20 years he just retired probably like five or six years ago so i knew him for quite a while my dad had worked for him but he knew the business right because he was an advisor tech and everything knew the business inside and out 
And then like, as I got further and further into my career, those kind of people disappeared. And then we were all of a sudden hiring people that were like, oh, he was an enterprise manager, so he could work in a service dealership. Like, why not? Um, <laughs> this guy was a banker. Or, you know, he was a service advisor for a Mac dealer. So let's point him, you know, ahead of Buick GMC Cadillac. He has no idea what he's doing. Yes. But though, yeah, what do you hear? You hear about production and numbers and stuff, but though they never like say, hey, you guys are the ones doing all this work. Let's have a conversation about how this could work for everybody involved. It's always no we have this plan of how it should work and you guys are just going to do books. We're telling you. Yeah, dude, it, it's the worst. Like when I first, so when I first got hired at my job, what uh, the guy that hired me, the service manager that I had was a prior tech. He had been in the field for multiple years and the, you know, the guy higher than him, the operations manager, he was a prior tech and had been in the field for multiple years. And then uh, as like, I've been there for a little over four years now, and my well we got a new gm and we got a new operations manager because they moved on to better things you know like they were really good at their job they were prior techs they knew what they were doing and, and <laughs> as soon as they left they're like all right we're moving towards this is where we want our business to go and we're like trying to build a bigger business right that's their goal is to build a bigger mm-hmm. business for the fire safety side of our of, of the company and so they start bringing in people that have never been inside the industry, but have a mm-hmm. proven track record of building businesses, um, right. whether it's, you know, en- well, I have an enterprise manager now, not like my service manager, but he's in our <laughs> office from enterprise. And That's hilarious. And he's, he's in, he's in, char- in charge of fire and life safety. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you don't know anything and you, and they've made, they've honestly like, and they started hiring like guys from big lots and guys from this industry, (laughs) but nothing to do with fire. Like what we do, fire safety. And uh, they've made it horrible. They made it like a horrible place to work. They've made it, um, you know, a very toxic environment. None of the techs want to be inside the office whatsoever. And that's because it's just like, a, it's, we, we walk in there and we're like, what are you guys doing? Like, we don't, we don't, we don't have the stuff that we need. And when we come in and we're looking at what you guys are doing, you guys aren't doing anything. All right. So it's, it's so frustrating, but I think a lot of businesses are moving to that now. A lot yes. of businesses aren't. And, and oh, the worst part is, is when corporations, they're like, we like to hire from within side. We like to hire from within side. And every time a, new higher billet comes up and there's a lot of guys from inside or girls from inside that want to go to that billet because they've been in the industry for a while and they're ready to take the next step in their career. They hire some outside person that has never done anything like it. And they're like, he was just the, or he or she was just the best for the job. And it was like, Mm -hmm. how you have to train them for six months to even have a basic understanding of what they're about to do. And then after that, they still don't know anything. So it's like, (laughs) what what are yeah. we doing here? And it makes no sense. And the the environment of work just gets worse and worse. And and honestly, the like as on the tech side, our uh, production gets gets worse, and fuck, our morale gets worse. And yeah. I think it's just like where we're at, as like uh, the economy is at. Like everybody's, they're more worried about penny pinching and making numbers and considering growth right. than actually providing a top tier product to their customers right yeah typo um i'm guessing it may be similar in welding but 
Um, I would say, uh, yeah. So like, for example, um, the place that I work, the, so we had a, um, a floor supervisor and he basically like manages like the welding side and also the fabrication side. Mm -hmm. And when he was only there for like a couple weeks, but he ended up, he got like a job somewhere else at a, like a, a higher billet or whatever. So, and this guy came from this company, like he hired on as like the lowest level guy, worked his way up to the, like, to where he was. And he was there for like 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. and everyone. And when the job opened up, everyone assumed that's like a couple guys that's been there a while. were going to get the job because they just, they know, they know everything. They know how everything works. Well, it ended up, they gave it to like some 24 year old guy with an engineer degree, never mm -hmm. worked on a production line at all. And it's very in it's, it's been just in, I mean, I, I've worked, this is the guy that's been my boss the entire time. So like, mm -hmm. I don't exactly know what, it, how everything worked with the guy before, but pretty much everyone that's been there longer than me are always telling me like, this guy doesn't know shit. The last guy knew everything. He was like, they said the last guy was an asshole, but he was an asshole that fucking knew everything. So he had a right, right to be an asshole. You know, like he, he, yeah. he, you can't bullshit him. If he sniffs, you're trying to bullshit him a little bit. Like he's not going to take it where this guy, like I know all the time, like I've heard guys like he'll come up and question like, Hey, is there a way we can make it better or whatever? And like these guys, it'll be like some like younger guys that like they don't even really know what they're talking about. But the guy's like, "Wow, that's really good insight. I never thought about it." And like, it makes no sense. He just mm -hmm. told you bullshit, but you don't know because you've never worked this before, so you can't mm -hmm. even know like who to go to, who's right, who's wrong. And it, it it's really weird because so my job they hire a lot of like engineer interns that are in school, and mm -hmm. those guys. Like they always come, they always, I like those guys because they always take the initiative to come over to like our section and they'll ask us like, Hey, how can we make your section better? How can mm -hmm. we make the production line better? They're actually like coming to us, but then like they, 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 they write down all these ideas. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe something's going to be different. And then we come back and that's when they come over like this dumb idea that and we're like, where does this idea come from? Like the guy in the office, and we're like, why are we doing this? And then both of them are like, <laughs> we don't know man we just got told to help you guys set it up and they're and i'm like so why'd you guys take all the damn notes and ask us all these questions if you're just going to do something that makes no goddamn sense like it's mm -hmm. it's yeah it's very infuriating and what what's really changed in my uh job the last year though is i don't know if a company is like mine or somewhere along the line got like really hit with like uh, OSHA laws or, or OSHA's really coming down on companies lately, mm -hmm. but they have really emphasized like safety and safety to a level where it's like getting ridiculous. And Word. it's pretty, it's pretty annoying what it is. And, and the people that are enforcing this are the HR ladies. And mm. that is the most infuriating position I have ever worked with. HR is the life. worst. I honestly think HR should not exist. Like <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> so annoying. I feel like they hire 
the worst women. It's always women. They always hire the worst women mm-hmm. for these jobs. And it's like the atypical just, Karens. Yeah. yeah. It's like Karens, dude. And they come and they like, they just have this like snooty attitude to them. Like, I don't know. Like they're talking, they like almost talk to you like you're a fucking retard and it pisses me off. It's like <laughs> because they have their it's damn, even, they have their bullshit yeah. business communications degree. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even necessarily <laughs> what they're saying. It's just their tone, how they Man. say how they're it's saying that. It. And it's just like, oh, you just get under my skin, you fucking mm. braggy bitch. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. <laughs> These HR, dude, I hate HR. Everywhere I've worked, HR. I fucking could not I've stand never. HR. They yeah. never, never liked a single HR person. Food. Yes. Yeah. You know Jesus so, Christ. Like, HR was a yeah. position that came in and it was like, it's like it's like the unions like they had a purpose at one point in time but they've served their purpose you know like now it's like a out of their usefulness yeah 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 so that's what hr was like it had a purpose i think it still has a purpose but companies figured out how to make less about how to help the worker and how to make help the company and so they hire hr people that will help the company not help right and it's like it's like oh so now it's outlived its usefulness like you said like i oh there's there hasn't been a single hr person in any of the companies that i've worked for that i was like oh i can go to them and tell them you know like this is getting messed up and it's really bothering me and i need you to help me like make it better or hey i didn't get my my pay the right way and they're like well it always turns back on you it's like well did you do this that or the other and it's like no, I didn't. And then they make you fill out a shit ton of paperwork to try to explain what happened. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know what happened. I just didn't get my, my pay's not correct. Like, what do you mean? I got to fill out an inquiry and fucking, you got to search seven queries on your fucking side. And I don't know. It's just, it's a bullshit position in my opinion. And I can't stand a single HR person I've ever met in my lifetime at this point in time. Yeah, come to think of it, it's kind of funny because like I, I think all the HR ladies I've ever worked with, the, the HR department in my work now is actually like they're really, really cool people. So I, I think I'm very, very That's lucky good. in that regards. But like all the other ones I've worked with were total cunts. But uh yeah, like <laughs> it really seems like the economy now has changed over the last like I would even say 20 years, where like my stepdad, my dad, and like a whole bunch of people from like their generation, and both of them are probably like in their mid 50s. Um, it seems like back then you could have got a job, let's say in the 90s, the 80s, and shit like that. You got a job and you stayed there for a long time. You got good benefits, you got a retirement, and then you yeah. left. Nowadays, it seems like you have to keep kind of bouncing around to get a raise. Yeah. And that's yes. what I had to do. I'm sure, yeah, it seems like you guys relate to this, but like yeah. the last job I was at, I worked there for four years before I got a raise, right? And I had to threaten to quit. I told him, like, look, if I don't leave or, or like if you don't give me a raise, I am leaving. And then they finally give me a raise after four years. Yeah. And it was $2 an hour, which like after yeah. four years, you think I would have got something year over year. And then yeah. um, about two and a half years after that, I finally left and went somewhere else. I got another $2 an hour. And then at this place, I'm very, very lucky that they, I feel, have at least kept up to par with like raises and stuff like that. 
but right. like for the most part it doesn't seem like loyalty to a job really pays anymore no. and it sounds shitty but like it's it's fucking cutthroat out there and you have to play the game that's what i tell people all the time yeah like you have to be very machiavellian in the way that you deal with your boss and your workplace like be yep. friendly be good to everybody be charming so that way people like you and you're a pleasant person to work with but don't be afraid to fucking drop the bomb and tell them like look i am the fuck out of here if you don't treat me a little bit better or if i don't get a raise like i feel i'm entitled to absolutely yeah dude no you're you're i'll just say really quick that yeah. i noticed that um in my job because there's this huge like gap where there's there's guys older guys that have been there since that company like started they were there from the ground up and they it's but there's probably only like four or five of those guys and they're like our best welders yeah. they some of them are they've been there for like 20 or 40 years yeah yeah this is their job they're retiring after this job there's not mm. doing anything else like this is it yeah. but then there's no one like climbing the ladder behind them, right? So what happens yes. is like the next guy yep. down that's like been there like longer has only been there like six years or five years. Yes. And and so yep. what happens is people work at like my company specifically, and I know eventually this is probably going to happen to me, is they work there and then it's like, okay, man, I've been here, I have good times, I'm 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 helping with the production line, I, I take on all these tasks, I know how to do all this stuff, I'm looking for a raise, and I know it's probably not gonna come in the way that I that I want it to come. And guys leave. They go to another place, they find another job or a position that they see and, and like it like the turnover rate at my job is insane, dude. Like it's probably mm -hmm. I started there a little over a year ago and i would say well over half the crew is not the same people that i started with which is it's insane and i so yeah, yeah. that's all i wanted to say but I, it's yeah. i think i think you're right dude because i think it's very cutthroat even for workers like you know mm -hmm. people say they want that loyalty but there's just not companies rewarding. they don't care there's no there's no incentive for that loyalty yeah. yeah last job i was at it was the same yeah, guy we had like really we care. had um I would say before I started there in 2016, yeah, 2016, right before I started there. And like when I, I would say probably like the two years before I started there and up to like maybe a year, two years after I started there, I think they said they cycled through like 30 service advisors in the matter of like a couple of years. So sorry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now Luke, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, go ahead. No, you're fine. But no, that, yeah, that's insane. Uh, like I, I see it the same way where, um, I mean, if you look at most uh, career planners, like guys that do, people that do that as a living, you know, they they recommend on uh, your resumes and how your resume should be set up, like those kinds like of people. Yeah, yeah. Them and what they say when you when you're like you don't feel fulfilled in your career or something, and look for a person that's like, hey, we help you plan out your career. They tell you every three years update your resume, put it out on the market and see what you get because you should be you should be seeing a as long as you're adding to your resume over those time periods, um, yeah. you should be getting a significant raise. And if then they'll they say that you'll get it at a different company because other companies are even even with what you're saying like it's like a every three to four year thing you should be exploding your resume around to see what other people are hiring at um i mean i've been doing it for the last year to be honest to like just to see where it's at compared because like you said i'm at that point where you were at your last company where it's like we get our three percent increase or whatever and uh 
we also have guys like Typo where they've been in the industry for 20 plus years or 18 years, 19 years. And then there's a giant gap and the next closest person is me with five years. And it's like, and then everybody else below that is year to two years. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. They don't like have, yeah, they don't, I was just going to say, they don't have like the guys to like, to like keep it going after they leave. And next one is one year. Well, a year from now, one of the guys is retiring. And all the top four, they're going to be retired within five. So it's like they don't have the guys. If they don't treat me correctly, they're going to have people with literally zero experience. Uh-oh. For a lot longer. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're uh, you're and that's kind of cutting out a little bit there, but I, I think I got the general gist of what you were getting at there. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing that you would think everybody kind of knows that like the blue collar workers or guys like us are pretty hard to come by. Guys who show up every day, can pass a drug test, show up on time, show up consistently. You would think they'd be like, "Holy fuck, we should do everything we can to keep them." But sometimes it's almost like there's a ill, like no graciousness. So like for for me. I am pretty much like fully certified through General Motors. Um, I have every single ounce of training that a lot of people, it would typically take them like 20 years to get because when I was in college, I made sure I did as much as I could. And when I got out of college, I did as much as I could. And then now like there isn't much left. There's almost nothing for me to do in General Motors when it comes to, like training to expand my resume in that regards. But like, you know, like you guys are saying, I keep my resume out there. I always take calls and shit like that because you should always kind of keep yourself on your toes and make sure that you're ready to fucking bounce if, you know, on a, on a moment's notice. And, you know, you kind of keep leverage on your workplace. But, yeah, I mean, at my place, there's one dude who's been there for 30 years. The next guy's been there for 20 years. And then um, after him, like in our shop. Uh, there's a guy who's been there for like four or five years who doesn't really do the kind of work that I do. Like he's like an hourly kid that just kind of does his own thing. They give him some shit work, but he, he's good enough. And then there's me who's kind of like one of the lead techs. And then the other guys are just kind of like getting in and they're kind of settled. There's one other guy who's a flat rate guy who was trained there and he came back, he left and came back twice, but I think he's staying now. But yeah, it's, it's strange because I even remember when I started at um, a dealership back in 2013, I remember there was like an age gap. So you had some guys that were my age. And then at the time there were a whole bunch of guys that were like older and had been there for a while, but a lot of those guys were going to retire. And then now like a whole new generation of workforce has to come in. So you have like a whole bunch of like late forties to sixties. You have like a handful of dudes in their thirties, maybe early forties. And then very, very little guys who are like our age, you know, maybe 18 to like 28. And I think it's going to keep going that way. And, you know, for jobs like ours, I think they're just going to have to start saying like, hey, we're going to pay you insane amounts of money. You're going to get good benefits yeah. because they I don't think they have much of a choice at this point. No, I do. I completely agree. I completely agree because um, the like I was looking at I, I don't know for other positions, but I know welders like it's like 40 percent of welders are going to retire in like 10 years. Like they're going to be wow. at retirement age. And so there's going to be like five ten years and i tell this i say this to people like um because we got this question a lot like guys will be like well i i wanted to join the military but you guys are pushing me away from it like what's a better option and i always tell people like trades man like go into the trades because and and 
like there's a couple reasons for that. Instead of like joining an organization and going blowing up someone else's civilization, you could join an <laughs> organization and like build the, your organization and society around you. Like that's yeah. what blue collar workers do. And mm-hmm. um, but just for a moral sense, but in reality, like for, just for like gain for yourself, like there's going to be a time where I think in the next five, 10, 15 years where people like us are going to be in very high demand. Because right. they just do not have the people coming in to, to replace it. And um and I and I think I think like at least for my company, like right now there's because of because like the job does pay more than minimum wage, right? Right. So it's, it's it's above minimum wage. It's like I I'm making like somewhere like twenty-five-ish dollars an hour, right? Mm-hmm. And but like when people start off, it's like twenty, twenty-one around there. And That's not bad to start, really. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. But like, it's such a and so it's like a good way to like you can so you can pull people in, but even but for some reason the company just doesn't retain people. Like there's I don't yeah. I, I like the atmosphere there or maybe I don't know I don't know exactly everything the reason why they can't keep people there, but they so it's easy for them to replace people. They're just not replacing people with good quality people that will stay for sure. the long run. And I think that's going to be a really big problem as the older guys in this industry start to retire, because then their whole workforce is going to be people they're just going to be swapping in and out. And that I, I just don't see that as a good uh, function for your company. Like you want to be able to have guys that you retain, you keep there, and they can you know stay at the company a very long time, yeah. and then convince convince the younger guys like, hey, this is a really good company for me. They've treated me very well. Well, that's just not happening anymore. And I think a lot of companies are like that because I straight, I've gone done a couple interviews and I straight, the first, one of the first, I always have questions for them. They're like, oh, you got questions yeah. for me? And I always ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I always ask them is, what is your turnover rate here? And they, like, all the places that I <laughs> they're silent they for always, a second, <laughs> they smile and they're like, well, we have a pretty high turnover rate. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, why is all these companies like that? And I, I don't know, I don't exactly. Oh. Like people always, this pisses me off, but people always make the argument that it's because our generation is like, they just don't want to work hard. They don't want, they, they always put yeah. the blame on us. And you know what? I'll take a little bit of the blame, you know, sure. but you're the motherfuckers that raised us. So, okay. Well, not only that, but like, I, I really don't think that's as true as people want it to be. Like you see the most extreme examples, but like, I do think there's a lot of people our age who just realize like the monumental fuck that we inherited like holy fuck our country's so in debt interest yeah. rates completely kill your incentive to save um you know the dating market's so fucked up compared to what it used to be and not that like you know everything was always perfect but like you know just shit has changed so much and we don't have the similar benefit like i was saying a little bit earlier of like growing up with these technologies so we have to play catch up to a very very advanced society and like a very very advanced workplace whereas like the people before us didn't really have to do that and i really think that we're trying to like figure out this post-marriage post you know a lot of the tradition parts of our culture and trying to figure out like how we manage that. And I don't think that anybody really knows yeah. like, what, and, what and like, in that regards looks like. Yeah. And another sense is like, we were all kind of lied to. Like if you went the military route, we were lied to, we were lied about the war, like what we were doing over there, yep. the middle East, all lied about that. And a lot of people more than, more than us that went to college were lied to, you know, like Absolutely. they told, Hey, you go to college and when you don't college, you're going to have like a, 
you know, a good, decent job that's going to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, get you a wife and buy a house and have a good family, get a good car and have a good job. And a lot of those people, when they got out of college, uh, they ended up being like, they just, it was just like four years of debauchery and sodomy, <laughs> like just partying. And they came up with massive debt. And it turns out that your degree doesn't really help you as much as you thought it would. Now you're mm-hmm. working, like maybe you make a little bit over minimum wage, but it's nothing like you were promised. Yeah. And so I think, so a lot of our generation just feels like they were completely screwed out of like what we, what our parents got where they bought a house back in like the eighties and then like sold it for like triple the price in like exactly. And that's just not like, you know, that's That's not not our reality. Yeah. That's not on the table for us anymore. And, and, and it's harder. It's much harder to people just to get a used car is insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. So crazy. Like uh, I was just talking to people last night about, I was talking to this old guy and he, he had this truck. He has this truck for, it's like a 1990s, uh, Ford F-150 he has and he's had it forever and he's like I paid this much for it and I was like you paid that much it was like I can't remember what it was but it was like really cheap and I was like do you know how much like that same truck, truck would go for today for. <laughs> like yeah. that truck right there like $50,000 and it's, it's kind of an antique but at the same time like just if it take a car from like the mid 2000s that you try to buy that probably has 100,000 100, miles on it it's not the best but it can get you from point A to point B, seven, eight grand. And you're like, yep. Jesus Christ, dude, this is insane. Like, uh, how can people even like, you know, start their life or a career? Like, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think our, our like our generations, like we got fucked and it's hopefully like the next generation or maybe a couple generations later, we can set them up for a better opportunity. But we're the ones that's got to like figure everything out, figure out what the lies are, figure out what the actual best solution is. Yeah. And hopefully we come yeah. out on top. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like our generation is the generation that has to just like cut ties with like, we, we already know we're getting the shit into the stick. So we just have to be like, it's like the social security thing where a lot of us would say, be like, let's just stop paying into it. Like give the rest of the people that have already had it, give them their money, like whatever. Cause they were expecting it, you know, whatever. We know we're never going to get it. So let's just stop it now. Like, I feel like that's what our generation has to be, where it's like, it's all fucked. It's all bullshit. So we're going to stop it right now, and we're going to take the brunt of this bullshit. But at least my kids are going to be all right. At least my kids' kids are going to be all right because we're not doing those same stupid patterns, you know? And it's it's kind of like what Typo said, where a lot of it's a lot of it's been sold to us as bullshit. And I'm not one to be like, uh, you know, I I, I, uh, I saw somebody say, they're like, oh, the uh, the millennials. We always talk about how like we we we've had it the worst and whatever, you know, like comparatively to everybody else. And they're all, and somebody was like, yeah, try growing up in fucking. 60s russia or something like that and it's mm-hmm. like mm, you're right like you're we we've been through two giant market crashes and we're probably going into a third one and you know everything's bullshit we're going into hyperinflation and it's like yeah it's pretty bad but comparatively like we haven't had the worst than other right. people in the last hundred years so it's like i i get that uh but at the same time when we just look at from the united states if you just take it from there because that's what we experience and that's what we're going to be in we're coming yeah. into one of the worst time periods that we've had since this country 
founded other than probably the civil war and world war ii and world war well world war one wasn't near as bad for us but world war ii was really bad for us and it's like you know we're we're in especially after after world war one 1920s the great depression shit like that we haven't seen that kind of stuff in a long time in the united states and we're coming into a period where very similar things are going to happen and it's going to be very difficult for a lot of us so if we could just you know have kind of like a stop loss where we're just we know we're going to have it bad so we're just going to take it but we need to do it now and that's kind of where i get i get anxious because i'm like every year that it goes on is one more year my kid is going to have to deal with it if i ever have to kill if ever i ever have a kid you know and it's like i want it now like i want us to stop doing this shit now and it sucks because we can't just like stop it um but uh, you know it's just it's just one of those things where it you said you brought up the dating market it's all out of whack the post-marriage thing that's it's not so much scary to me i've never been huge on marriage i've finally found somebody that i actually want to marry it's always one of those things that everybody's always talked about where at least in our generation where it's like it's not beneficial to the man whatsoever nowadays exactly all right so what do we do as uh you know early 30s are we going to be the ones that are like hey actually i think this tradition has value and we're going to try and be the leadership or the pinnacles of that and return to that tradition or is it something that we need to pivot from absolutely all right guys um i'm absolutely thrilled with the show's new sponsor um i am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through lmnt electrolytes um i have used these electrolytes for years um back when i used to do a lot of fasting in fact i used to drink sometimes i want to say up to seven a day seven little packets so um the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly um you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast and uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys, thanks. And as I've gotten older, especially in the last like two or two years, basically, I kind of think that it should be something that we don't pivot away from and we do try to return it to a traditional value type thing where it's like this is very important societally and structurally that i you know that's kind of how i see it and uh i don't really give a shit about the like get we have to making it tradition wise like we have to make it only men and women or any of that i don't really give a shit about that i think we make it more about it's not just a contract that the government makes us to sign it's like a contract it's not even really a contract it's like a the ultimate promise between two people to be together with for the rest of your lives you know like it's got to be something like that and i think that's how i see it um but even when it comes to post-marriage the idea of what post-marriage is now and then you know the way the economy looks and 
the lies that were sold, like it's just rough. We're in a weird spot. And that's kind of what Typo and I have talked about on our show a lot too, is like society and culture. Like what is our culture now? Because I couldn't define our culture now. It's so split into so many different mm -hmm. things that it's difficult to even put a, a, like find the vein to prick the blood to understand what fucking type of culture it is. Cause there's just so yeah. many right now. It's crazy. Yeah. And the worst part is that like, I don't really know a way out of it because kind of to a point that we were talking about earlier about kind of bouncing around for jobs. I think a lot of people are kind of just doing the gig economy and figuring out how to make a buck without like officially sitting down for a nine to five anymore, which like, okay, so that's good because some people have a little bit more freedom and flexibility and maybe that's a little bit more of a comfortable lifestyle for those people. But um, at the same time, we don't have the same industrial base anymore, right? And then even at like a marriage point, when we talk about marriage, like you can't have the information age like we have now on Instagram and Tinder and all these dating apps and still expect to have like a completely traditional life where your wife never slept with anybody and you as a guy or like this hardcore blue collar guy who, you know, kills the buffalo and takes it home to your family. Like we live in a completely yeah. different age. So it's hard to really describe what marriage is now for a lot of people because look at how many people just have like open marriages and shit like this or you know what's the incentive for a guy to get married like you were saying earlier where like if you split up then as a guy like okay your end of the marriage as a guy is enforceable by law like you have to pay alimony you have to pay child support for a lot of guys that means like their life is destroyed um somebody that was working with my last job he was paying two thousand dollars a month and he was he probably wasn't Jesus. making much more than maybe like I would say 40 to 60 grand a year. So like two grand a yeah. month, that is a sizable fucking chunk of his income. Um, now, if you're a dude in a marriage and your wife isn't right. having sex with you or she's in law or something like that, what are you going to do? You're going to go take her to court so that way she starts fucking you again? Like, no, it doesn't work that way. So <laughs> Become you know, the stay-at-home dad so you can take yeah, her well, money. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, for most guys, what the fuck's the incentive to get married? And I know um, one thing I also kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on was, like, the military and how it incentivized women. I think we talked about this a little bit. But, like, yeah. God, I, I knew so many guys that just, like, as soon as they got in the military, they couldn't wait to change women with a fucking stiffy and throw a ring on it so that way they could fucking yeah. take them to town and get married and get all the benefits uh, i think that's a very very yeah. sick thing to put pressure on people through the military to get married like i think social norms and like maybe tax breaks to get people married is good but i think like this idea that you get in the military where you're sent off to potentially die um and incentivizing those people to get married is a pretty bad thing because you could end up with like a lot of widows and shit like that. Yeah. So I'll just say this and typo, you can, you might agree with me in this, in this aspect. So I think originally it wasn't to incentivize marriage because the general things that, that you do, uh, or the fits that you get with marriage are things that you would kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like it, you should do those things, you know, because if you're, yeah. so if you're a military man, military, you're in the military as a man and you get married to, you know, your significant other at, uh, in the United States, what you would end up having to do is she would have to move out there with you. You'd have to find a house. So living on that, the money that you were getting, living at a bachelor inside the barracks, you generally can't, that, that doesn't work. You don't get paid the same amount of money. So now because you're not paying for the barracks, they give you the money that 
they generally they are they're paying for the barracks your rent for the barracks they're mm -hmm. giving that money back to you the, um, gotcha. the food that you're uh get from the commissary uh it comes it all comes out of your check it just doesn't come out in like very like orderly and itemized but those things are kind of what you're paying for so what they're doing is giving you back the money that you're paying um towards all the amenities that you use inside the military sure. so like if you're single in the military, you're eating at the commissary, you're uh, living at the barracks. So that's your rent and that's food, rations, money. So when you get married, you don't get those anymore because your wife can't live inside the barracks and she's moving out there with you because you're married. So you get those money, that money back, which is like 1600 bucks in a lot of places, like an extra 1600 bucks a paycheck or something like that because it gets taken out yeah. every two weeks. So that's another $3,200 a month that you get. So that's a big incentive. Um, And that's usually the incentive that uh, a lot of guys get contract marriages. I think the difference is, is, so it's not like they, that would have always been a thing. That's always been a thing. I think Mm -hmm. what the difference is, is our society doesn't look at marriage the same way. So now right. people are like, oh, I'll just get married. And in a couple years to get the bag. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get the bag. And then once I'm out of the military, we can get a divorce and it's no skin off my back. We don't we're looking at marriage as the contract. And that's why we call it like the, the a contract marriage, because it's your contract in the military and then oh. you're getting married. <laughs> so we call it yeah. a contract marriage in the military. We're like, oh, they they're in a contract marriage. Like they married their best friend and one of their best friends in high school. Um and that's why so i think that's what it is i don't think it's necessarily that the military incentivizes getting married they're giving you back the things that you should get if you did live by yourself or you did yeah, live sure. with your significant other but there's always been a very high marriage rate and a very high divorce rate throughout the entire history of the the military in general so it's kind of one of those things but i think the culture of the united states has changed where now it's acceptable to do those things and people don't really mm-hmm. give a shit about it because a lot of people don't give a shit about marriage. Sure. Yeah, I would. I would say that the uh, benefits of being the benefits that the uh, military offers to people that are married is designed for a traditional marriage America, and we sure. don't live in a traditional marriage right. America anymore. And so, like, it it's so like in the military, you can. I know for the Marine Corps, I'm not sure about other branches, but. Like you can actually get punished if you commit adultery. If you mm. you can be you can lose rank, you can lose pay. I've seen this happen to guys before. They got caught cheating on their wives, and they actually got in trouble for that. And so it's designed for an actual like traditional marriage sense. And just I mean, just to be blunt, like just how things are, man. Like with social media now and uh, Tinder and all that. A lot of times, like right when the guy leaves, um, like we'll be we'll be like on base and we'll go to like a bar or whatever, and then we hear about this unit that's getting deployed to wherever, and then all of a sudden there's just more women at the bar, and we're like, where did all these women come from? And it's all their husbands went on deployment, so now they're at the bars while their husbands uh... are. Yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah. It, it happens it a lot. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really glad you said that, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, too many guys fall into the trap 
where they say like, especially all the Daily Wire guys, oh, if men would just be better men, then these women would these women wouldn't do that. But like, look, <laughs> if women are going seeking guys out to get their rocks off with other dudes as soon as their husbands leave, like, <laughs> it's not the guy's fault. I'm sorry, that is not well, the guy's. Yes. So I, I just, I always, so I'm like a weird personal accountability responsibility kind of person where it's like, it's your job to pick a better woman. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, and, and I'm not saying that you, that you can always know that right. that's what's going to happen. But if, if you're marrying a girl that's around base, um, has been around military guys their entire life. Uh, and this is what happens a lot. If you're, if, and if you're around and you're on Tinder and stuff, and you're swiping right on those girls, and then end up marrying one of them, that's your fault. And that's generally what these guys do. Sometimes it's their high school sweetheart from the small town that has never been in the big city, and now they're stationed in a big city, and they get a lot of attention from a lot of different guys because, you know, they're not in this small town anymore. But generally, it's their guys that are stationed at at a on base in the United States, are swiping right on girls that have been around military dudes their entire life so they generally have either a general distrust or they don't think it matters um and then they've also been with many military guys because many military guys have swiped right on them on tinder or fucking whatever else and then they ended up getting married because they're like oh i actually really like this guy but then they realize once that marriage is a thing they don't get to go out and flirt around and have all this attention that they used to do. So right when those guys leave, they go out and do it. And so that's kind of like, it's definitely, it's a different mindset. Like women have a different mindset now than they've ever had in the history of human beings uh, to be Mm -hmm. just straight up. But at the same time, there's still a lot of women out there that do have, you know, a more traditional mindset or at least, Yeah. yeah. Or at least a loyalty thing. Um, then, than a lot of women do now. And I still, I think, I think we see it more, but it's probably like getting closer to a 50, 50 where there's still, you know, like a, maybe like a 60, 40 split where 60% of women are probably generally like not as promiscuous and not as uh, disloyal and things like that. Like, and 60% of women are in the traditional sense, they may focus on their careers a little bit more, but they're not like a disloyal person. I think we just, because it was like maybe 10% ever in the history of humanity that right. there was those promiscuous type women. And now it's 40% that we're like, what the fuck? Because it's, yeah. so, it changes the dynamic and, so much. Yeah. Go ahead. And I think, I think another dynamic too, is we talked about this before is so most of the military bases, it's mostly dudes. Like if, if you see the military, it's like 90% dudes, probably even higher than that. So the wind, like so you have like 90% military dudes mostly in shape have guaranteed security as in paycheck they can they can have a car mm-hmm. um usually they have if usually they have a higher sort of status because they're in the military like everyone knows this so if you're in a military base and um you marry a marine or if you're just a girl outside or around the area well since there's not as many female to male ratio, like you have all these guys trying to come at you and it's like right. top tier dudes, like good looking, very masculine and of all ranks too. This goes all the way up to like majors and <laughs> military, all that. And so like, I think it also throws things off too, because now you get girls that 
let's just say maybe they're just a five. You know, mm-hmm. she's cute, she's average, you know, whatever, she's fine. But she's the but only now, thing that all the guys see. But she, yes, she's the only thing that all guys mm-hmm. see. And all of a sudden, these very attractive guys that have never given her this much attention before are tr- are like mm-hmm. trying to give her all this attention and 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 curry her over. And so it really just throws things off too, like that. I think that's a dynamic that because, dude, we say it all the time. Yeah, it like, doesn't get talked about you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. A girl in the like when you're in, on base or out know, training, like a girl that regular back in the city, you would be like, "Oh, she's a four, But since she's here, we call her a seven. And it's just because <laughs> we don't have yeah. access to as many girls. So like mm-hmm. we we see like well, and, so and that's dudes, why the joke is like there's a lot of guys with really fat wives in the military, like a <laughs> lot of very, very like muscular dudes that go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. And they have like a tank of a woman at meds, yeah, or the less. You're like, what the fuck? Like, it's wild. And so, you know, it's just it's one of those things where the the distribution is way out of whack around military bases. And then on top of that, like, idea of marriage and types of women and stuff like that are, are so much changed for. You can say for better or for worse, depending on where you're looking at it. For me, I would say worse in a lot of instances that it's like yeah. the like the the perfect storm of what happens in the military. And that's where you get like words like Jody, where it's like the dude that comes over and fucks your wife when you're on deployment or you get. Um, <laughs> or, but and the, and the other thing is, like, I'll be very blunt. There's a lot of those dudes that go on deployment and they're not going to Iraq and or Afghanistan. They're going to Bahrain or Guam or Hawaii and they're, they're husbands, but they're trying to fuck girls at whatever fucking place that they're at. So like the guys aren't the most, yeah, the guys aren't the most loyal either. They're all, I would, I don't know if I would say one's worse than the other. They're both generally bad. And, uh, but a lot of the guys, you know, being in the military gives them a status. So there's a lot of women that go after those, especially when you go to, the Philippines or Guam or uh, yeah. Vietnam <laughs> or those, Korea. You go to those poor <laughs> countries, dude. They want to come home with you. They love the American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny, but like, I think kind of to that whole dynamic, basically, like a dude, a dude's going to want to get laid. So, I mean, if yeah. you're away from your wife for like an extended period of time, you're going to get sick of watching Pornhub and rubbing one out in the fucking barracks. Yeah. So eventually, yeah. you're going to want, you want some kind of connection. But for a woman, you know, if you're around a bunch of fucking, you know, good looking, affluent dudes who have status because they're in the military, you're probably going to knock one out with them if your husband ain't home because he ain't there to keep you happy. And there's going to be another dude who's more than willing to do the same thing. Like you said, as soon as all those guys leave their husbands, then they can start going to the bar and find the next guy. So I think it's really just a bad idea. And you guys would be able to elaborate on this more than me. But like, oh, yeah. I think getting married in the military, especially if you're getting deployed, I think that's a horrible idea. And you're just setting people yeah, up for divorce. <laughs> yeah, we tell. I, I told all my junior Marines, every single one, don't get married. Like, I'm sorry, don't get married. Don't get married until you're on your second contract. And even then, think about it. Like, really right. think about it. Because like, if you're going to stay in, then you're going to have to start your life at some point. But at least by that point, you'll be a little bit older and not as you'll be a little bit more cautious because you'll you, the rose the rosy glasses will be off your face. Yeah, yeah. you've yeah. seen a thing or two. I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. You know, yeah, like, and, and I mean, it's, you, it's just like uh, yeah, being able to see women in the in that kind of light would kind of give you like the reality, like oh, okay. So when I get out of here, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're like oh. 
You're like, wait, wait until you're at your next duty station and it's a brand new crop of women that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Just wait until like, well, just like, because it it's crazy. You do see a lot of guys get married. I mean, mm-hmm. Luke's shop, oh, he had like on. half the dudes were married. And mm-hmm. so yeah. like, I would just tell guys like, watch your friend, dude. Watch your friends. Because half mm-hmm. these mother, the statistic is like 60% are going to end up divorced. So watch your friends, dude. Watch them in a couple of years. Maybe, maybe two, three, four, Only whatever. One of my junior Marines They're... is still married. Holy yeah. fuck. Out of how many? You said you had like 15 or Probably, 20, right? I had like 15 guys at one point and I uh, think one group of them showed up. Like I got a group of like six or seven guys and I think four of them were married. And so only one of those guys is still married. And then there was other people that got married during um, one of the guys that I, that was like on the same level as me. He was like my peer, I guess he's still married, but they were a very strict Catholic couple from Minnesota, like, and they're still married. And then the other one, uh, it was, they were, they were super young. They got married at like, I think they got married while he was on boot leave and they had been together in high school. And he's, he's a funny guy. He was one of our buddy, Nick, that comes on the show every once in a while. It was his best friend and, um, him and his wife are still together and they've never, I don't think they've ever really had any problems, but they, they're just, they're, what, what were they? Albanian? Uh, I think they're, I think he's Albanian or something like that, but so they have a yeah. very, they had cultural, a culture that kept, like yeah, tied a marriage. Culture that kept them yeah. Yeah. They had a culture that kept And they're from Southern California. I think Albania, it might not be Albania. It's another one of those Eastern block, like, and well, he, he, they weren't very religious, but their families were religious, and mm-hmm. you know. Well, that, that's the. Together. I think there's something to that. I know people like. I think like when you you have a shared culture or shared heritage, not necessarily like related, but yeah. shared like culture together. I think that like that works a lot better. Where you would see like, I don't know, you'd see black dudes marrying like Japanese girl in Okinawa, and then you'd see like white Never dudes lasts. marrying Japanese. And then she like she get back to the states, and it's like a couple like a year later she's gone, dude. It's like <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like taking a woman out of like a third world country is probably a horrible idea because like at first you probably think like oh she'll be loyal to me because I pulled her out of that. I'm her best option. I did all this stuff for her. But then you bring her over here, and she realized like oh everybody over here is like this. So I I don't need you. Just you have anymore. to get out of the military if you do it. <laughs> You just have to get out of the military if you do it. <laughs> you just yeah. like you you marry her, bring her back, and you have like a year left on your contract, and then get out of the military and <laughs> take her back home because you're yeah. like, all right, I need to be around family, and then she's around like a family unit, and it's a lot different. But if you stay on the military base, they uh, they've been around military guys too because everybody goes on deployment there. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing as like if they lived in the United States around a military base. So you just. Uh, and the the only times I see it like work is uh, so like black dudes with Asian girls um, it's like very highly educated black dudes like it, it sounds bad and, and I'm not trying to uh, uh, racist thing out of it but it's like very it's highly educated <laughs> like <laughs> the, but those ones work out because the because their family obviously um, valued you know intelligence and you know mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and a lot of Asian countries value intelligence and, uh, you know, very high amounts of 
succeeding in their life and family units are extremely important and in the black community a lot of times when you see you know family units that stay together family units are very important all the way through like generation after generation so that's when it usually works out um a lot of white guys and asian couples they don't usually work out like it's just a weird mix mm -hmm. i've seen that too uh usually the asian girl finds somebody else to go after after when they come back to base but it's just a weird thing but yeah i wouldn't i i always recommended my marines i was like don't get fucking married. Like, don't get fucking married. Wait till your second contract if you stay. And if you don't stay, wait until you get out of the military because it's just not worth it. So many of them the have the highest uh, divorce rate out of any of the other branches um, by like a significant margin. I think ours are like 70, 30, like 70% of marriages Ooh. fail. It's bad. Like it's, it's, really it's bad. an insane amount. And you yeah, know, I, domestic violence is very high in the military as well. <laughs> yeah, I had that uh, divorce lawyer on James Sexton, and uh, he always brings up that fifty six percent of marriages fail, and then I think it's like the majority of those people who get divorced are typically married within like two to five years after. So, and then like really? every every marriage after that is more likely to be divorced again. Yeah. So it's, right. it's a fucked up situation, man. And, you know, I, I agree with you guys. I would like it if we had a culture that was more appreciative of marriage, but like how the fuck you turn the ship around when we have social media and women can get all the free attention from guys all around the world. Dudes can sedate themselves with free 4K streaming porn all day, every day. I don't know how you <laughs> fucking, you know, solve these problems. I think we got to live with them some way, somehow. But, um, you know, I, 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 like I said, I don't have any good answers, but. You know, people are, uh, <laughs> we're just gonna have to figure it out. That's all because <laughs> they ain't going away. Yeah, yeah people are like, oh, let's, let's, yeah, they're like, oh, let's ban porn. I'm like, yeah, let, how, how will that work? Just walk, yeah, good luck. We can talk about it, but like, you know, every single technological advance that we've ever made, people found a way to like fuck with it or, you know, use it for yep. porn. So, like, it's not yeah. going away. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I, I, I would just leave it at this for me is like, I think we are at a time where as men, especially like us, it's, this is where you can make your, your ultimate stand. It's like, you can lead the courageous life, the brave life and do things the way that you think should be done and become pinnacles in your, your society, in your community. And that's what you should do. That's the even though everything looks horrible right now and it looks fucking you know the bleakest of bleak as we've talked about on this show even though it looks horrible probably the the best thing that you can do and your greatest contribution to your community and society is to become that pinnacle and that uh person of value and morals that brings it back into your community because if you don't then who will and Absolutely. That's the only way to get it back to where it is. And uh, so that's kind of like how I've I've kind of taken it is like, all right, well, if this is what I truly believe in and I think this is how it should be, then I have to do it because I can't expect other people to do it because obviously they're not. So I, it has to be me. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of why I always say like you need to be prosperous for yourself and then kind of lead yeah. the world in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, it's kind of like how a lot of people argue like that's what america was supposed to be like we were supposed to be the shining beacon on the hill and mm -hmm. just doing everything right and we'd lead by example 
Well, America didn't end up that way. So, like, I think it takes, it has to be, like, the individuals have to, because, you know, like, I don't know, I think a lot of people just, uh, like, all, all those traditions just weren't enforced. Those institutions either were too weak, um, the cult, like, they let other cultural influences take over, and, you know, like, maybe a lot of people can argue we got away from, like, religion, I don't know, but there's just a lot of things that, like, we've changed over the years, and I think there is a lot of traditional things that, like I think I would think made our society a lot better that we can get back to. But I like, like Luke, I think both of you guys are saying like, you kind of have to lead by example and like be that example for other people and be like, wow, like this guy's, you know, leading him and his wife have this sort of traditional style and it works out for well. And I think that's, that's the best way we, that's what we can do. It's like, I don't think we're going to be able to change people's minds overnight I think this is going to be like a generational thing that we have to like work toward. And I don't think it's going to be something that I don't even think we'll fix it in our generation. I think there's going to, I think like once like our age gets into like forties and fifties, I think there's going to be a lot of regret, a lot of regret from our generation about what we did when we were younger for men and women. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing we can do is just set the example for the next generation. Yeah, man, I completely agree. Um, I think that's probably a good place to cap it off, gentlemen. We uh, went about an hour and a half, and I think this was a fucking awesome show, so we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. Uh, go ahead, give you in plugs, and uh, we'll rock and roll on out of here. Yeah, you can find me at Keep It Real Luke on Twitter and Instagram. Our show is called Binding the Bullet. We also do Five Till Midnight with the whole fucking ass that we got. Uh, it's been really fun. Um but yeah, you can find Biting the Bullet at Biting the Bullet Pod on Twitter and Pop, Biting the Bullet Memes, I think, now on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it's, like our, it's like our third I, account. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, after a few uh, Instagrams <laughs> got nuked, I type a god. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, at the real typo on Twitter or X, whatever, um, that's pretty much where I post the most. You can follow me on Instagram if you want. I don't really post on there as much, but it's uh, axe-throwing typo. Mm -hmm. And yeah, me and Luke do a podcast, 5 to Midnight. Kyle probably does enough plugs for that. So, mm -hmm. But that's all I got. Cool, cool. Well, don't forget, uh, vote typo if you're in Israel for uh, the Likud party. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> until next time, right everybody, in. rock and roll. Yeah, right, Ahmed. Uh, he, he's going to be running against Netanyahu, so uh, it'll be an interesting election. <laughs> the type of might get assassinated in between, but you know, I heard there's IDF snipers probably sitting outside. That'd be great for right the now. show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, to be fair, we were just telling Sam to say from you, the river to the sea. Yeah. Yeah. You guys just change it to four to midnight and don't even mention anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. I appreciate these guys coming on. Catch us on 5 till midnight and all that good stuff. And until next time, everybody, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.